Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to it like Dan Red Wings. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. I'm your host, Brian Fisher. With me today, as always, is Scotty Bentley, the other host here at Locked On Red Wings and host at Locked On Tigers. Scotty, off day for us, off day tomorrow. We're just going to kind of shoot the crap, so to speak, as I try to filter yeah. myself for this G-rated program. <laughs> uh, but what's going on, man? Oh, you know, I, uh, I had, a, I had a, the E-Rod presser for the Tigers was today. So I had a big That's day right. uh, covering that. Um, so, yeah, that, that was pretty much my, my entire afternoon was just covering the, the press conference and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, wings off day. So now we're here. He stole, uh, Alex Ling's, uh, number, right? 57. He did. He did. Yeah. Alex Ling gonna, gonna need a new number. Alex Lang, not de- on the 40 man, but definitely not a, uh, a sure thing to make the team out of camp. So that, that kind of makes sense. You know, I saw a thing on Twitter too, that apparently the Tigers are interested in mats and I don't know yeah, if there's any, yeah. is there actually any traction or you think they're just kicking the tires? Um, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, I, I, I know for a fact that they want another starting pitcher. That's, that's all the guaranteed is as they want to, they want to bring in another starter with all the injuries and stuff that we had this past season. And our three pitchers coming from, from last year, all being rookies that have never pitched like 200 inning full seasons at any level. Um, I, and Boyd with his injury stuff, I, I, I know for a fact, they don't want to go in with just five starters. Um, so I, it doesn't surprise me at all. And, and I, you know, Matt, Matt said he wants to sign before the lockout, which is on December 1st. So, uh, that, that could be one that's, that could be one that's actually kind of fast moving. You say before um, the lockout, is it like a certain sure thing that that's happening? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's I mean, funny. not it, like, not like. You know, the MLB isn't going around like, hey, there's a lockout coming. Like, not, not you know, uh, not, I guess, 100%, but, like, 99 point. Like, I, I would be, I would, it's not, it, I'm so confident there's not even like a, oh, I would be shocked if there wasn't. Like, there just will be. Well, that sucks to hear because finally the Tigers are yeah. turning the corner and they're exciting to watch and now there's not going to be at least part of a baseball season. Yeah, I well, so I don't think the lockout will go into games played. I don't think either side can afford that. I think it's just going to be no free agents are allowed to sign the the like like a government shutdown. Like the government doesn't run, but you still got to go to work, right? Like the, go- the government like, doesn't run even when it's running. Hey, oh, right. <laughs> that's a whole different conversation. But uh, but I I, I think uh, like you know they they won't be allowed to discuss with free agents. They they won't be allowed to make trades like like day-to-day transactions will shut down and, yeah. and the league will shut down but because it's happening in the offseason it's not that big uh, it won't be like a like a games played lock i don't think either side can afford to actually bite into regular season time so i it could last two months for all i know but i i don't i really i 
I'm also just as confident as I am that there's going to be one. I don't think it's going to actually affect the regular season. That's good to hear. Um, anyways, crossover with Locked On Tigers. Now over. <laughs> uh, Down we, any, no one and I did that a couple of times. We were like, oh, it's an off day. Let's just do a crossover. I was like, all right. <laughs> let's, let's go. Let's we, ball. Uh, <laughs> we ball. We uh, ball. We do have some stuff to talk about with the Red Wings today. We'll fill out this, uh, this morning commute, afternoon commute, or however you're listening to us. And we are free and available on all platforms. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Flawless, seamless right there. Uh, we want it's, it's, it's Red Wings have played 20 games. I think they were the first team to hit that 20-game mark, uh, which means that they are officially at 25% or as, as close to 25% through their season as you can be with an 82-game schedule because once you hit 21, you're technically over that. Um, so we want to give you a little update on just the, the team as a whole. Because once you're 25% of the way through, Scotty, you kind of have a gist of what the team's going to be like. You know, that it's not set in stone, but you have an idea of how the team's going to be. And you, I think at this point, Scotty, it's fair to, fair to say we both understand this hockey team at this point. Absolutely. I, I think that the... I, I feel the same way about basketball for obvious reasons because those two leagues pretty much parallel each other in, in every single way, shape, and form as far as setup goes. And and I, I think that a, once you get to that quarter of the way through the season, Mark, that, that gives you a very good idea of what kind of team you're going to be, like you said. Um, and, and I think based on everything we've talked about and everything we've seen, I I think that's a – I think I think we know what, <laughs> what, what kind of team we have on our hands too. I don't, I don't think there's – at this point in the season, too much left open for, for interpretation or there's too much like, oh, we'll wait and see kind of things. I, I think you and I both have uh, a, a, I think our minds are relatively made up with uh, with the direction of the season too. Yeah, and there's, I mean, when you look at the Saki team, there's really one X factor that could change how productive this team is, and that's Jacob Vrana. When he comes back, obviously he had the, what, 10 points in 10 games with the Detroit Red Wings last season, off to a hot start, earned himself a nice contract extension. You know, he's a guy who's going to slot right into that top six come January when he returns. Hopefully he returns along that timeline, which is what the speculation is. And that instant scoring touch could go a long way to, you know, help the team win a couple extra games. But even with that, I think the the identity of this team this season is pretty much set in stone. And that, that identity is they're, they're just okay. They're not great. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're better than they were the last year. They're better than the year uh, year before that and the year before that. Um, it's just and we've we've talked about it, but it's a step in the right direction year, and it, it shows based on where they are in the standings right now. They're technically right now fourth in the division with a per, uh, point percentage of four seventy five. But once you sort it, they're they're fourth in the division points wise. Once you sort it by point percentage, they drop down to fifth. Because there are four teams above them, point percentage wise. Because you got to remember, the Wings have played the most games, um, tied for most games in the division with Toronto and Montreal at 20. Everyone else has less games played than you. So when you sort it by how many games you've played, they're currently fifth in the division behind Florida, Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Boston, the usual suspects, plus Florida, who's finally living up to their expectations. I think that's how it's going to turn out. I think Buffalo is going to finish beneath you, Montreal finishes beneath you, Ottawa finishes beneath you. I mean, Scotty, looking at this, it, it that this looks like what we expected it for the most part. Yeah, I, it, step in the right direction, but job not finished. That, yeah, that's absolutely. I think that's pretty much what 
all of us not only thought coming into the season or, or that we wanted coming into the season, but I, I think that's come to fruition too. And I, I also think that that when you average it out, I guess you would say that you're going to get that, that is probably about what it's going to stay where we see ourselves in the standings right now. But I think that uh, this team has shown that they have the ability to go on hot stretches when that top line is, is feeling itself and playing good hockey. I, I, I think that, uh, that, that they've, they, they'll go on a, on a weak stretch where they won't lose and be good teams. But then they'll counter that by going on a weak stretch where they lose in overtime to the Coyotes. You know what I mean? Like that, I, I think that um, we're, we talk so much about consistency and how important that is for teams in the maturing and the growing process. And I think that we are at a spot where at our peak – we're we're a pretty we're actually a pretty good team. It's just we are not we, we are not at the point yet um, to to maintain that peak yeah. for more than a game or two tops. The peaks you sh- see the potential of a of a future contender, but at the valleys you see that this team's not quite there yet. And that's what that's something we've talked about multiple times is the consistency, and that's the thing that's going to need to get better going forward. Um, but they have definitely improved. You know, it's a step in the right direction type season. The only issue with that is the fact that when you're a step in the right direction type team like the Red Wings are, you kind of walk yourself out of getting another another good pick. And, you know, at some point, enough is enough when it comes to tanking. And I know the Red Wings didn't get a number one overall pick. And it's looking right now through 20 games at least that they're not going to get have a good percentage chance of getting a number one overall pick. Um even though you can argue that right now it's looking like we didn't get the number one overall pick for the better because we got Lucas Raymond out of it uh, rather than Lafreniere, who's you know heating up a little bit. But um, yeah, I, I'm comfortable with this team where they're at right now, culture wise, you know, development wise. I, I never expected them to make the playoffs this season, and a 25 percent of the way through, we have a nice quality. We can't say early in the season anymore. We have a nice sample size. For all these players to know what this team probably is. Going to get hot streaks. They're going to be good teams. You're going to get cold streaks like they're currently on where they lose to crappy teams. But that's just the reality of the situation. And I I mean, if you're a Red Wings fan, definitely as disappointing as, as it is to get four lose, you know, lose four straight games. It's also reassuring to see how much better they've gotten from last year and the year before that. Like be satisfied with the direction this team is heading right now. Be patient still. Absolutely. And, and that's, a, you know, we're not there yet. And, and I, I, and again, I, I don't think anyone was coming into the year, like we need to make the playoffs or I don't believe in this plan. You know what I mean? I, I think as, as a whole, we have a pretty intelligent fan base. We know the depths of where we have come from in this rebuild. And I think a lot of people viewed it not to do another crossover episode, but like I think a lot of people viewed it just like the Tigers in the sense of they they want to see improvement. And and you can because in 2019, the, the Tigers and Wings were so bad, like historically horrible. You can take massive strides forward and still be under 500, not even make the playoffs. Right. And I, I think that that is what people were looking for. People wanted to see Raymond get playing time. People wanted to see Cider get playing time. And people wanted to see this team take a step forward. And I think next year, 
is the year that people will start saying, all right, let's let's go make the playoff. Yeah, for sure. And, and we want to get into more. Uh, we've talked about the team as a whole, but we want to get into the players individually and what we can expect from them from the last 75% of the season. Because like I said, that sample size is, is adequate now to kind of have a picture of what these players are going to be. But before that, Scotty, I got to talk to the folks about Bilt Bar. Has Aunt Betty still not tried a Bilt Bar? Aunt Betty at this point is the black sheep of the family. This this might be a lost cause. It, you like you can't stop because like you she has to. It'll change her life. But it's it's get it's getting to quote Demarcus Cousins. It's getting ridiculous. <laughs> it's getting ridiculous, man. It's getting ridiculous that she won't try it when it's the perfect time for built bars because it's the new holiday dessert. You get to feast on something delicious and feel good about it. You know. You know how much, how many calories a slice of pie has at this point on the low end? Well, built bars are only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and plenty of protein. You can replace all those pies with a built bar of the same flavor. You know, lots of flavors to replace any of those pies. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. That's the part I always love to read because I love me some chocolate. And if it can be low calorie and have real You're chocolate right. on it, I'm sorry. I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. Built Bar is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. Share some at your family gatherings. This is where Aunt Betty comes in. Make sure she tries one. You got a couple more days to sway her. Make sure you do it. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly, so check the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. You like that, Scotty? (laughs) (laughs) That was incredible, man. Thank you. I was trying to hold it back the entire time you started talking slow. (laughs) I saw the look on your face. Off the bench came Sider. Sider shaken from his jack. The shot. He scores! Sider wins it for Detroit. Mo Sider with his first National Hockey League goal. All right, Scotty. 25% of the way through the season. We've talked about the team as a whole. Now let's get into the nitty-gritty talking about individual players. And, uh, yeah, folks, we're going to talk about the usual suspects, just as we love to do. And you should love to listen about it, because raving about the bright spots on this team is always awesome. And the number one bright spot on this team, Scotty, above all else, has got to be Lucas Raymond. Absolutely. I think he is. I, I think he un- undubitably is. Um, what's he got, 19 and 20? He's got 19 points in 20 games played. That's 25% of the season. That's what Scouch was saying was the – and he's – you know, Scouch is – I would say probably knows more to me more than me on all these advanced metric stuff. <laughs> so when he says 25% of the season is a good sample size, I'm going to trust him on that. So you parcel that out across an 82-game season, you're looking at, you know, upwards of 70-plus points. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, I mean that that's obviously uh he he's been I mean and got off to such a hot start and then like the hat trick and everything. I mean he's he he's looked incredible and I think the one of the biggest things to keep in mind throughout 
all of that is like a lot of us didn't even think he was making the team out of camp, man. Like, yeah. like I didn't. I, I going I into going into the preseason, I didn't think he was making the team. Um, and he's been, and and all of that is on the top line, which like yes, obviously he's playing with Larkin and and Burt, but uh, I mean a a teenager playing top line minutes and averaging just about a point per game is uh, you're not going to ask for too much more than that. Well, and here's the thing too is so. You have to you also give credit to Dylan Larkin. His line mates are a big role as to why he's accumulating so many points. For sure. So, well, you don't want to give him too much credit. You also don't want to take too much credit away because they're feeding off each other. They're giving each other points. You know, Raymond scores. It's an assist from Larkin or Bertuzzi. Larkin scores. It's an assist from Raymond. So while you also want to like to keep in mind always playing with the captain and Tyler Bertuzzi, you know, Larkin and Bertuzzi are playing with Raymond also. So it's that, that beautiful chemistry is working together. And, you know, he started off the season incredibly hot. What's it? Well, how does it speak to Raymond's ability that right now he's not hot, but he's still getting an assist in losses? He's still, you know, he's still showing up on the stat sheet in, you know, brutal games in some way or the other. And, like, yeah, you can give, you can give credit, like, in the Arizona game, Dylan Larkin picked up the puck and made a nice move. But, you know, that wouldn't have gotten there unless Larkin had challenged the two Coyotes defensemen that stepped up into the play. He stepped up into the play, and then he scooted the puck forward for Larkin. So... They're feeding off each other. Raymond continues to impress, and like it just speaks to his ability that the 25% of the season after he's quote-unquote cooled off on getting goals, he's still showing up on the stat sheet point-wise. For sure, and, and like let it be known for as, for as good as Larkin and Burt have been this year, those aren't exactly like snipers. Like, you know what I mean? Like play style-wise, like he's still getting his assists. He's still getting his points. And like, I mean, Larkin especially is is much more of a, a playmaker than he is a, a you know ISO kind of a, a goal scorer. So being on a line with him is it like definitely going to help the goals scored. But the assists, I mean, that's something that for for as young as he is, and is is so unbelievably impressive. Not being on a, on a line with. You know what I mean? Like, this is very dramatic, but, like, he's not on a line with an Ovechkin type of player or, or like, anyone with that play style, any of that, like, you know, is going to go out there and, and, and get his five shots and score a goal pretty much every night kind of a player. Uh, and, and his assist numbers continuing to be what they are is, is wildly impressive uh, for a, a plethora of reasons, and yeah. that just being another one. He leads the team in points with 19. He's first on the team in assists with 12. He's second on the team in goals in seven. Bertuzzi and Larkin, Larkin are tied for first. His shooting percentage, Scotty, with 48 shots on net, is 14.6. The National or the National Hockey League average usually ranges somewhere between 9 and 11%. So he's a few points above average, which means he's picking good shots to take that are going in. And again, you know that those kind of stats, you also got to look at who he's working with, but that also reflects on those players as well. If you want to transition into talking about Larkin and Bertuzzi as line mates, Bertuzzi, 38 shots. His shooting percentage right now, and it's not sustainable. I'm not saying it's going to sustain this, but he's shooting an incredible 23.7% on 38 shots. So 23.7% of the shots he takes goes in the net. He leads the team tied with Larkin with nine goals and eight assists. He is a point per game, but you also have to keep in mind he has played three less games than Lucas Raymond because of those missed Canada games. So in 17 games played, 17 points, nine goals, eight assists. 
I mean, this is another guy who has been, when he's on the ice with the team, been consistently good. Maybe cooled off a little bit lately in the recent games. I haven't, I haven't seen him on the score sheet as much. But, you know, just another piece of that top line that continues to produce. That, that, that top line just, mwah, chef's kiss. Absolutely. And, and, and the, I think one of the reasons, one of the biggest factors in the hot streaks we go on is the, the bottom nine. Because the top line has always been a, a, a strong point of ours. And, and for even the bad years, it's like, all right, if, if you shut down the top line, you're going to win the hockey game. And if, if you let the top line get a goal or two, it'll be interesting. But if you shut down the top line, you're, that's, that's it. You know what I mean? And I think the, the stretches we go on, the hot stretches we go on, um, are heavily due to the, the stepping up of not the first line. And that is what, what gets us that for short spurts that, that sustains success for a little bit. Yeah, and it's just really Larkin on the other hand shooting shooting percentage is seventeen percent, which is elite numbers. Like again, I don't think it's going to sustain that high. But when you look at one of the things last year that they kept harping on, Scotty was that his shooting percentage was so low, and Blashill was is similar to the Zadina situation. Like the puck is going to find the back of the net eventually. Whereas with Larkin, it actually started show, finding its way to the back of the net. Uh, last year, he was shooting an abysmal six point seven percent. And people were down. I was down on Larkin. I was like, I don't know if this guy's a top line center, but he's changing my mind this season so far. Like, I genuinely think he's turning into, in his age 25 years, turning into a genuine 1C with how he's performing through 16 games. He's, he's also a point per game, having missed four because of whatever situation he had, personal reasons, plus the one game suspension uh, that he had. But I mean, two, you know, two players in your top line that are point per game. One guy who's played every single game and is only one point below a point per game. I mean, and his shooting percentage has climbed from 6.7 last year to 17% now, which I assume will fall. I mean, just that entire complete top line, absolutely fire. Absolutely. Yeah, fire. And, and, like, people forget Larkin's still pretty young, man. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he, he's been around for a long time, so it doesn't seem like it. But this dude's not, you know, 30. Like, like he's – it's not – it's not that unreasonable to think that he, he could still be getting better, which he clearly is. Yeah. And on top of that, once we surround him with more and more talent, keep building this thing up that he turns in to that, that, you know, one C on a, on a deep threaded playoff team that everyone thought he was going to be after his rookie year. Well, another thing to keep in mind too, is every single season that Larkin has played, despite how terrible he played and how terrible the, the, the team as a whole has been, he has been above average in the possession metrics. He's been above 50% in Corsi and Fenwick every single season he has played. So when he's on the ice, no matter how bad of a season his statistics are having, no matter how bad the team is, advanced statistics say that the team is better when he is on the ice. The team has more possession of the puck when he is on the ice. So that's it, just, he's still young. He's only 25, so he's so many years left in his prime. Uh, you know, assuming he stays healthy, it's just it's going to be really exciting to look forward to as you know if the Kaiser Bertuzzi and Raymond stay stay as your top line. Yeah, there's there's dudes making their debuts at 23, 24, man. Like 20, this dude's twenty five and already has what six years of NHL experience. Like yeah. it's 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 uh how, you know how quickly we forget how uh, how young he is and 
I, between how long he's been here and being the one C on some really, really bad teams, I, I, I think people kind of, kind of, kind of forgot how uh, how young Larks was, and and so yeah, he could he he could take steps the next two years, and it would be pretty on pace for most NHL careers to continue to build up to your late twenties, like. It, he's still so young, and and being on that line with Raymond and Bert and stuff like it's exciting, man. It's really, really exciting, and yeah. and I I think uh I I would love for Larkin to what's he at right now points wise? Sixteen points in sixteen games. He's tied for first with seven goals, which means he has nine assists. Look at that. I I I would I would be if Larkin ends this season at a point a game, man. I'm gonna be a problem on Twitter. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a problem. You already are, buddy. But I know <laughs> I have plenty of people tell me that all the time. That's very fair. Uh, we'll continue this conversation uh, on the other side of this break. Uh, we want to make sure we give love to the defensive core and you know and our goaltending and maybe you know if we got time, bring up some of the guys who have underperformed our expectations so far. Uh, but got to talk to you guys about BetOnline.ag. It's Thanksgiving. And we all know what that means, football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. And it's not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for this 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. With plenty of time on the Chicago power play. There's the break and oh. oh, what a save by Nadelkovic! Oh, he keeps it at 6-3! A diving stab with the outstretched stick on the man they call the cat. Final segment here on Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Brian Fisher with Scotty Bentley, as usual. Um, you can follow us on social media. I'm at Brian Fisher971 on Twitter. He is at Bentley Scotty. Uh, Scotty, in particular, is a great follow if you follow if you love laughing because uh, he's a problem on Twitter, as he just said at the end of the last <laughs> segment. Um, we're going to finish talking about this Detroit Red Wings through the first quarter of the season, give a little bit more love, and then talk about a couple players that uh, just uh, not so much love. Um, First and foremost, let's move to the defensive core. We can't get to everyone, guys, and I'm sure there's people you wish we would talk about. Like, I'm sure there are people out there who want to talk about Gus Lindstrom or, you know, Vladislav Nemesnikov, but there's just too little time in one of these episodes to discuss that. Um, but Mo Sider, we definitely have to talk about. And his production has fallen off uh, a little bit, but it's not. that's not a part of his game that we are expecting to be as good as it has been. I think overall he's still been pretty solid despite a few bad games. We also like you know have where we have to give credit to the players Raymond's playing with. You also have to understand who Sider's playing with. Um, I think Mo Sider has been exceeding expectations through his rookie year. Still, despite the last few games being a little bit rougher for him, I think all all in all he has been a great addition for the Detroit Red Wings, and he's got 13 points in 20 games, which is still over a half point per game for a defenseman who isn't touted for his offensive capabilities. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, you, you said it, but like half a point a game for a defenseman, a, def, blah, 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 a defensive defenseman, right? 
is uh, is remarkable. And I, it's just it's it's so beautiful. Like we the the lore around him. Like Raymond was almost like too fast to kind of gain the lore that Ciders had around. Him. You know what I mean? Like Raymond was drafted, and then next season he's here, right? This this is. The, the, like cider has been the the lore around him the aura that he carries has been building for years now you know what i mean and and get, finally seeing him up here is is like it's something that i don't take for granted at all and i hope when you the listener are are, are watching the games you don't either because every time i see him on the ice i just smile and i'm like he's really here man like it like 20 games in it's still not like old to me. Like, like, damn, we most ciders finally on this damn hockey team. Like that, it's it's so nice, and he's playing so well too. Which is which is as you said is um, is obviously the most important thing. But the physicality that we've been heard about for for ages, we're seeing in flashes of uh, his his hockey IQ. There's obviously some lapses that every rookie goes through, yeah. but as a whole, has been really really solid. Um, and he's basically playing like handicapped because he's got a got a line mate of Danny DeKaiser, <laughs> and he's still going out there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's... And we'll get to Danny DeKaiser in a second because we do want to talk about that. Um, but yeah, Moritz Sider just—I mean—he's the biggest minutes getter on the team right now. It's either him or Philip Ronick on an almost game in game out basis. And in his rookie season, as as a this tw- first twenty five percent chunk as a whole, has been absolutely phenomenal in everything he's done. And if you multiply, you, you take that, that, that 25% stand, uh, sample size and you stretch it out across an 82-game season, all of a sudden you're looking at a 50-plus point rookie season from a defenseman that's not touted for his offensive capability. He's touted for a shutdown defense and his big hits. Like, that's just icing on the cake at this point. I don't want to tell you, you, you summed up his defensive game perfectly. But just the complete package that has been Moritz Sider has exceeded expectations. And hopefully, since we have a pretty strong sample size, he'll continue this trend. And it's just been, like you said, it's just been so, so positive to see all these positives. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and again, pairing him with, with DeKaiser gets frustrating at times. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it, he has looked, he has looked really good. I, I don't think... Um, I don't think you, you, anyone watches him and is, you, you shouldn't watch him and be disappointed in the slightest. He is, uh, he, he has been very, very solid. He's only going to get better. And it's so fun to see him leading the team in minutes. It's so awesome. Let's talk about Danny DeKaiser for a second. Um, I kind of hinted at it last show. I did want to mention it. Um, I just, we got to put it out in the world. He is not capable of playing top pair minutes at this point. And I understand why I think I understand Blaschel's mindset on to why he's pairing him with him. I don't actually know, but if I were to speculate, it'd be because he wants that veteran presence to play with cider to try and help him grow his game. But, and as much as I loved watching Danny, the Kaiser throughout his career and hated watching how like he got injured, how it's affected his ability to play at this point. And he's only 31. I feel like people don't realize that because he plays like somebody who's like five years older. But he's just not capable of carrying that top pair minutes at this point in his career. And even the advanced metrics degree, and I'm sure people hate when I bring up the Corsi and the Fenwick, but his Corsi's 41%. So Danny Kaiser's is nine points under 
where you want it to be. Meanwhile, through the first 20 games played, Moritz Sider has a uh, Corsi of 50.1. So he's right at that threshold you want a player to be. And he's playing that with DeKaiser, who is a solid nine points below that. So while I understand why Blaschel wants to pair him with somebody who, you know, has got that veteran experience and, you know, knows their way around the ice and the systems, it, it, I'm going to say it, it's almost saddling and holding back Moritz Sider's ability. And he's still exceeding that expectation by having a positive, you know, possession metric. I feel like they don't pair him with, you know, Nick Letty because they want Nick Letty on that second line. So they you spread out the defense, which I understand that. But I just keep thinking, like, if you pair him with somebody who's, like, more caught up with the game, I, I think Danny, De- Danny DeKaiser can play, you know, bottom pair minutes. But top line, I don't think he's capable of anymore. And you can see it on the ice. He feels slow. I mean, again, the back injury had a huge impact on that. But it's just the reality of the situation. That's my favorite saying, by the way, reality of the situation. <laughs> it is the reality of the situation. No, you're right. I mean... If uh, in, a, in a dream scenario, he would be with Letty and we could see the two of them on the ice at the same time. And that would be awesome. But, you know, you want to spread out your you don't want your your defense to be too top heavy and have your your two best defensemen, I guess, at at the top pair and then leave the bottom four for uh, to be kind of just overpowered. Um, that being said, I, I would like a little more help than than 2021 Danny DeKaiser. I, I, I I'm not I'm not even asking for let. You know what I mean? It's it's just it seems very counterintuitive to offset the guy who's a, a, a very clearly a top two two defenseman on this team for someone who's probably pretty clearly a bottom two defenseman on this team. Well, and that's what's really upsetting too because. Before pre-injury to Kaiser was uh, a solid defenseman on this hockey team. And, you know, he came in and he was so hot. You know, he had a couple, his first three seasons, especially he was amazing with the Detroit Red Wings. I felt like defensively speaking to, there were talks of him being like, like Lidstrom passing, which is always way hyperbole, but you know, Lidstrom passing the torch to Kaiser as the number one defenseman. It just never came to fruition. And it's just really bummer to see. And I'm sure he's, a great locker room leader, which is why he got the A, and I'm sure he's a great dude. It's nothing personal, obviously, when I say these things, but it's just, just doesn't no, have it to play top. Yeah, yeah, it's just he doesn't you're have it to play guy. top. Unfortunately, great guy doesn't doesn't get you doesn't 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 really help on the ice. Unfortunately, so there we talked about Danny DeKaiser. <laughs> Got it, got it all, Roy. Got to get him off the top it. defensive pairing. Got to find a way to mix it up. But I've clearly. Blashill, I don't want to continue to get on this tangent, but the whole scoring chances thing we talked about yesterday is Blashill have some inside info that Cider and Cider uh, and DeKaiser ha- create more scoring opportunities. Yeah, I don't scratching? know. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I don't know. No, I mean that's a good point. Like uh, I, I, I keep forgetting they can't see my face. I was I was giving you like a like a, I'm thinking about yeah. <laughs> like mm. uh, I I mean maybe it's it's. I I can't imagine that's true. Like I, like, I can't, right? like maybe, but I I just I can't imagine that that's true. I I can't understand the logic behind this pairing any more than the fact that they wanted to put a veteran with Cider. But you look at who is on this roster, and you have Mark Stahl, who's honestly I mean, granted, 
part of it's because he's playing on a you know bottom six, bottom four pairing right now. But Stahl's been playing fine. Nick Letty's been playing good. You know, those are two guys who are veteran players on this hockey team who you know might benefit from playing with a young guy like Sider. I mean, granted, you don't you can't give Mark. Stahl, I don't feel like you. I don't think you can give Mark Stahl those top pair minutes either. But if that's the if that's the argument to putting to Kaiser with Sider, you can contribute that to those two guys too. So I, I get that one aspect, but anything other than that, it just feels like a detriment, you know. But yeah, it, that's my like it. It just seems again. I'm not asking for Letty Cider. I understand the logic of of separating them and, and making the defense more solid top to bottom than just top heavy. But I I would like a little bit more. Like yeah. like I, I don't want to say this because it, it probably comes off as rude, but like. I would be okay with literally any other defense. <laughs> like, like li- I'm not even kidding. Like, I, I could, I could see, I, I could twist it positively with like literally anybody else. And and I get like he's wearing the A, and I'm, from everything I've heard, he's a great locker room guy. And and cider, you know, getting to pick his brain and stuff is all fantastic. But on a night to night basis, at the top line, I. It's a, I'm, it's a I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I'm over it. Yeah. Um, last guy we want to talk about. We're already over time, but we got to talk about Ndelkovic. He has been everything we had hoped for and more. He, he's got currently, I have his stats up because I'm like that. Um, I'm like that. I'm like that. I mean, I like I say it like that's special, but everyone does that. Uh, in 12 <laughs> games played, he's got a goal against of 2.83 and a save percentage of 914. And that has continued to rise since his flop of at the first game where he let in seven goals. you got to keep in mind that those seven goals are currently holding back his statistics. We talked about it a couple days ago, maybe last week sometime. If you take out that game, his save percentage jumps to 930 on the year. Since that game, he has been playing out of his mind, balling out. You know, Even if he lost to the Coyotes, he still put up a save percentage of 910. You know, he has been consistently good since that first of the game of the season, and he's been that consistent throughout the entire, you know, this entire time. He's obviously splitting that time with Grice, who, mind you, has not played up to my expectations for him so far through the first quarter of the season. But Nedeljkovic, I think, has definitely taken that step in the direction of taking over that number one role more permanently than a tandem. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, uh, the, the trajectory is what excites me the most about that one, right? Like, he's only gotten better. And and he's only looked better. And from the first night, he had a really good first period. And then we saw the crazy over-aggressiveness. And, yeah. and the rest of the game was kind of downhill. And then uh, since literally game one, he has just improved pretty much every night he's gone out there. I mean, I mean uh, the, the save percentage gets a lot better just by taking out one game, which is crazy. Uh, and... Yeah, I, th- again, we got him for nothing, dog. Like yeah. we got him for a third round pick. Like that, that's that's absolutely electric. Um, and we've said it a million times, but I'll say it again. Six months ago, very bleak goalie situation. Now, one of the brightest future goalie situations in the entire NHL, I'd argue. Another thing to keep in mind about Nadelkovich too, uh, Scotty, is that he played 23 games last year. And that in those 23 games, he posted a phenomenal 932 save percentage and a phenomenal goals against average of 1.90. He's played half that many games right now, has a solid save percentage of 914, 
And uh, okay, goals against percent or goals against average of 2.83. But you have to remember he's playing against a much worse defense, a much worse team. He's putting up solid goaltending numbers and improving behind a much worse hockey team than the Carolina Hurricanes. So he continues to get better on a worse team. And in half as many games, he still put up as many, you know, this impressive of a, of a start. Because that was the big question mark, was can he sustain this over a whole season? And it's obviously, he's only played in 12 games himself, as they've been splitting the time with uh, Thomas Grice. But he's played half as many games now as he did last season, and his numbers are still very strong. And that's just really reassuring to see after you make that trade on what you could almost consider a wild card with how few games he ended up playing last season. Yeah, and you got the the best defensive defenseman prospect in hockey ahead of him too, growing yeah. with him. Yeah, like that's it's an awesome situation to be in, and the best forward prospect improving as well. There, I said it. There, I said it. I said it. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, there are other guys we wanted to get to in this episode and talk about as um, guys you need to improve as we like what they're doing so far, but we just didn't have the time for it. We'll do probably do another. You know, 41-game update and 50% all the way through the season. So you might hear about them then. Uh, Scotty, any final thoughts? Um, free beef stew, baby. Free beef stew. Two-game suspension. LeBron got one. Honestly, I think it's fair. I mean, Stu went yeah, after him like four fair. times. You got to give him an extra game when he keeps yeah, acting probably like fair. I just It's so important to notice we play the Lakers again in three games, and neither of them got a three game. Yep. The NBA knows what's up. They oh, know what they're doing. They're shooting for ratings. That's for sure. Yeah, they know what's up. That's Put it on national TV. <laughs> um, anyways, before I let you guys go, I got to talk to you guys about Locked On Bets. Your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Elise Sterling. We'll be back with another off-day episode tomorrow. And uh, we're going to give you a little bit of a Grand Rapids Griffins update as we just did with the Detroit Red Wings. So get a look at some of your favorite prospects. Give you an update on Brian Lashoff, who we're all chomping at the bit to hear about. Um, Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day. You're locked on Red Wings. Your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.